Welcome to the Compliance 911 Show, a no-nonsense podcast discussing hot topics for today's busy compliance professional. It's everything you wanted to know about regulatory compliance, but we're afraid to ask. And now, here are your hosts, Dean Stockford of M&M Consulting and Len Suzio of Geodata Vision. Welcome to our podcast series addressing everything you wanted to know about regulatory compliance, but we're afraid to ask. Today's podcast topic is what really is community development under CRA? I'm Dean Stockford from M&M Consulting. And I'm Len Suzio with Geodata Vision. So Len, in my experience dealing with our bank clients, community development as applied under CRA has been a great source of confusion. Has that been your experience? Oh boy, I could say for sure. I've found over the last 25 years that many bankers think they know what community development is under CRA, but all too often find out to their chagrin that they don't really know what it means. I remember in particular a bank president whose bank had transitioned from a small bank to an intermediate small bank and who had just finished their first CRA exam under the intermediate small bank examination standards. He was shell-shocked because his bank had failed the community development test. Many activities he thought qualified as community development for CRA purposes were disqualified by the examiners. He learned what community development means the hard way. His bank had failed its CRA exam. Ouch. Why do you think so many bankers don't understand the meaning of community development as it is applied to CRA purposes? Dean, I think the main reason is just so, there's so much misunderstanding about community development under CRA is that the words sound familiar, but the common use of the words does not match, match the technical meanings in the regulation. Take, for example, economic development. As soon as I say those words, you and our audience have an understanding about what that means based on everyday experience. But the generic meaning of economic development does not necessarily comport with the technical meaning within the regulation. That's the source of a lot of confusion. Okay, so let's review the community development really means for CRA purposes. Well, to begin with, there are four different definitions of community development within the regulation. First, there's affordable housing. Second, there are community services. Third, there is economic development. And finally, there is revitalization, stabilization of low or moderate income tracks or distressed or underserved tracks or declared disaster areas. Wow. Let's go through those one at a time. What is affordable housing? Well, there's two essential components of affordable housing for CRA purposes, which applies mostly to multifamily housing. First, in order to be considered affordable, the occupancy costs of an apartment cannot exceed 30% of the income of the tenant. And second, the primary beneficiaries of multifamily affordable housing must be low or moderate income tenants. This means in a multifamily property that is affordable, more than half the tenants must be low or moderate income. Those two elements fulfill the primary purpose test. If fewer than half of the tenants are not low or moderate income, or less than half the rents are affordable, you can still get full credit if you have a document from the borrower indicating the express purpose of providing affordable housing for some of the tenants who would qualify as lower moderate income, and if the deal is structured to meet that purpose and it achieves or is reasonably certain to achieve the affordable housing purpose. 
and there is a reasonable certainty that the purpose has been fulfilled. This is a good demonstration of why it's easy to get confused about what qualifies for CD recognition in Community Reinvestment Act. And if that wasn't enough, there's yet a third way to get pro-rata credit for affordable housing. As long as you have the documentation to substantiate the rents are affordable and some tenants qualify as lower moderate income, this is the only form of community development activity in which you can get pro-rata credit. Otherwise, it's all or nothing. I've been doing this a long time, and I can see how confusing it can get. And that's only the first definition. I can't wait to get the remaining three definitions. So what's next? I can hear the excitement in your voice, Dean. (laughs) Community services is the second definition of community development. It refers to any type of service primarily provided to low or moderate income persons. This would include education and social services, for example. It even includes daycare services as long as the primary beneficiaries are qualified as low or moderate income persons or families. This definition is about as simple as it gets under the Community Reinvestment Act. Again, however, it must fulfill the primary purpose test, which means that more than half the beneficiaries are low and moderate income people. Now, the treatment of community development services that are provided by banks, however, requires that the qualifying activity be either financial in nature or it must relate to the expertise of the bank volunteer. For example, if the uh, lawyer for a bank volunteers, then that lawyer providing legal services of some sort or legal advice would qualify for community development treatment. But going out and hammering nails uh, into a house that's going to be built for affordable housing doesn't get you one cent worth of credit under community development. It must be either financial in nature or it must be relate to the expertise of the bank volunteer if the service is being provided by the bank. My goodness, after the confusing complexity of the first definition, bankers would need a break. So what's the third definition of community development under CRA? Well, the third definition is the infamous economic development definition, which means job preservation, job creation, or job improvement, primarily for low or moderate income persons. To qualify for this definition, an activity must not only have a qualified purpose, in other words, job preservation, creation, or improvement for LMI workers, but also must pass the size test, meaning that the employer must be small by definition. What is small? Well, number one, either the employer must have $1 million of gross annual revenue or less, or the employer must meet the size standards in Part 121 of the SBA regulations. Now, Part 121 can be very liberal. Qualified size companies can employ as many as 1,500 workers in some of the North American industrial classification codes. How large a company can be depends on the NAICS code that the company falls into. Okay, well, that brings us to the fourth and final definition of community development. What is that? Well, the final definition of community development is, quote, revitalization, stabilization, end quote, of low or moderate income tracts or distressed or underserved areas. Now, what does revitalization, stabilization mean in the context of CRA? It means any activities that attract people or businesses to the area on a long-term basis. So, for example, financing a grocery market located in a lower moderate income tract may qualify for revitalization or stabilization since the grocery store would be providing a necessary service for the people living in the neighborhood. 
Let me conclude with an admonishment though, however. It's important to document any community development activity. By this, I mean you should put three things in writing to assure you get credit for community development activities. First, you should identify which community development purpose or definition applies. Don't assume it's intuitively obvious. Second, put in writing an explanation of why the the activity that you're financing qualifies. Again, don't assume that an examiner is going to understand or agree with you. Number three, collect and maintain all the documentation you get your hands on to substantiate the community development qualifications of the project that you're financing. That is, is absolutely essential. In real estate, they say it's location, location, location. When it comes to compliance, regulatory compliance, it's documentation, documentation, documentation. You can never have too much. So remember those three absolute musts to get community development credit and a CRA exam. Wow, Len. I've been doing this for over 30 years with my hand involved in CRA. That's a comprehensive and concise explanation of a very complex and confusing topic. Thanks, Len, for educating our audience today. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and found it informative. This is Dean Stockford with M&M Consulting. And this is Len Suzio with GeoData Division saying thank you for listening to today's topic, Community Development under the Community Reinvestment Act. Thanks for listening to the Compliance 911 Show. If you like the podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, please give us a like and review to help others find the show. As always, links are in the show notes, and you can always find us online at compliance911show.com. Follow M&M Consulting and GeoData Vision on LinkedIn for all the latest news and information on compliance hot topics.